Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Pam Christian. She is a mindset coach, a motivational speaker, and the host of The Juice Podcast, and she is obsessed with helping you live your best life, and she's here to help us live our best life. We are so excited to have her. Welcome to the show, Pam. So much. I'm so psyched to be here. This is going to be a great time. We're so excited to have you. So excited. So, Pam, tell us a little bit about you who you are, where you're from, and if you don't mind saying how old you are. Okay. First of all, I just want to say I love what you guys are doing. I think it's so awesome. It's a great stage to be starting in, and um, I give you a lot of credit. So Thank you. Absolutely. And then, so about myself, um, I've had like a ton of different careers. Um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and just recently, a few years ago, started this one. But I've always been sort of like a healer um, and a coach at heart. My whole life has been that. So it was just a natural transition, and um, I'm loving it, and it's going really well. So I'm a single mom. I have three kids. Two are 18, about to start college in this weird, crazy time. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's <laughs> so great. Our girl, and um, that's pretty much it. Incredible, awesome, yeah, absolutely. So, sorry, forty. Oh yes, oh yes. (laughs) She she remembered better than I did. (laughs) I I don't even like age is just a number to me. I feel like a lot of twenty year olds that I meet. So it's all about your energy. I feel like. Oh, I love that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And we even we say a lot here that feel like your 20s are super confusing and exciting and have all these different things. But also a lot of the things we talk about do transcend to all different ages. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of stuff that people are, are battling no matter where they are. So we appreciate you being here. And being that you are a mindset coach, do you mind telling us a little bit of what that means and what do you do as a mindset coach? So being a coach is pretty much all about using your mind to create your reality. We have thoughts that go on every day, all day long. And I can tell that you that the two of you are probably pretty positive, but even you probably have your limiting beliefs like I do too. Oh yeah. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> you're more like, uh uh-huh. we're, we're well versed in the negative self-talk. We are. And we're conditioned at such a young age to start thinking that way about ourselves, our lives, our potential. So what I try to do is really, you know, there are all different types of coaching, life coach, but I really think that it all begins with our thoughts. So that's what I like to focus on. And then when we can change our thoughts, which we can't do until we start noticing them. But once we can notice them, we can make changes to them and they can be small, but even the small changes will make a difference in our life and you build on those. So that's pretty much what mindset coaching is. Very Uh, cool. Yeah. And I'm so excited to kind of break it down more and get into the nitty gritty of that. But before we do that, Pam, I, I know a little bit about you from your website that you've suffered some loss and trauma in the past, but you crawled out. So what about your past shaped you and led you to ultimately wanting to become a mindset? coach? So I think um, my, my ultimate goal, it's not so much that I wanted to become a mindset coach. And I'll answer your question in a second. I just want to let you know what I want to do is help people. Yeah. And so right now my conduit for that is mindset coach. Another time it might be the positive, the motivational speaking or my 
podcast or I'm, my book's going to come out in the fall. It's more about not what I'll tell you about that, not what I'm doing as much as my mission is to help heal humanity by inspiring and motivating people to live their best lives. Because life is so short. Mm -hmm. Thinking of life being short, that was some of the stuff, you know, no matter what your age is, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, it's hard to lose a parent. And I lost two within 12 months and both were unexpected. And that was more the more recent difficult time I went through. But from a young age, I went through a lot of adversity. And um, I think all of our past shape us. And the thing is, whether we decide to notice it and take it by the reins and change it, or we become a passive passenger in it and go for the ride. And I think difference for me than some people who are still stuck in that place where they don't want to be is that I decided that I, I didn't want that. And it's not that I decided that at four or five or seven years old, it got to a point where I was just see, repeating patterns and they weren't working for me and I wasn't feeling good. So I decided, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. And they were slow and steady changes. And that's like my one thing that I always tell people, people give up before they see the big result, but they don't realize it's all happening right now as we're going through it. And it's building to the big result. but you can't get to the big result in a week. And you know, if you're 20 in your twenties, it's taking you 20 whatever years to get to where you are. So you need a few years of unraveling. So you have to be patient. Oh. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like a lot of people, honestly, anyone of any age struggles with that patience. We like immediate results. We like to feel the change. We like to see the change. So it can feel really stressful to not kind of have that proof that whatever you're doing is working. But I think that something like your story, something like so many people we've had on this podcast really goes to show. I don't know if you've ever read the book Atomic Habits. So crazy. You just said that. I swear to God, I wish I could sh I show you my phone. I could show it to you, but I don't know if you want me to. But my son <laughs> just told me to get the book Atomic Habits. Like, Wait, yes, that's crazy. I, I Googled it and I'm like, all right, it's in my shopping cart and Amazon. Wait, that's, that's so weird. Insane. That's insane because literally what you're talking about right now reminds me of the book is that it it talks about specifically that, that building any habit or making any permanent change in your life that, you know, it's, it's about putting 1% towards that every day. It's not about seeing this, when, when people call it an overnight success of any sorts, there's so much that's built up to that that they may not see because they weren't there. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just, I think that's so powerful. I think you're totally right about the overnight success, but even for someone like so many of you guys in your twenties want to be in these relationships and have the perfect relationship. And you can even use that. Like people are often like, um, I met this guy, I met this girl, but it's not happening where he's not committing to me. He's not that. But if you guys are talking, you're texting and you have something going on, it's happening. You know, maybe it won't work out, maybe it will, but you're in the process of it and you have to go through it to see what happens. And the other thing is you can choose a few things few tools or techniques that will yield fast results. They won't be your big picture fast results, but like if you start drinking water every day, a lot more water, you're going to feel better. You're not going to be as bloated. So you'll notice those results. So there are smaller bite-sized pieces that you can take that will give you a little bit of like that little encouragement to keep going. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it, it goes to show too, like you said before, Prim, you had some careers before this and it's like, you don't have to be in the exact right place at, you know, this is something we talk about all the time at this this age, like sometimes it takes trial and error and going through certain things and learning certain things to get to where maybe you're meant to be. And you even said like this, where you're meant to be is helping people and that has different avenues. 
it's not one concrete thing, but I think we get in our heads sometimes that like we have to be doing this one concrete thing and it has to be perfect and we have to have planned on it. And I don't know, we can get so in our heads about it. Not only do you not have to, I don't know why you'd want to. Like you started by saying, you guys, we don't have to do that. Why would you want to? Life is short, but it's also long and there's so much to be experienced. And we're not living in the 1950s where you went to work every day to get a pension and retire. Mm-hmm. Not like that. There's so many opportunities. My, my boys who are 18, they have a bunch of different businesses going on online right now. And I'm watching their entrepreneurial spirit and they're going to kill it. And like, it's Aww. cool because they're learning and making their mistakes now. And I guess that would be the other thing. So you don't need to know your career now. Go play with a few different things. See what you like. Also, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are the successes. That's what you need. You Those mistakes are where you learn. The, the wins are the little rewards. But where the meat is, where you're really going to get into it is through the mistakes, through the failures. Yes. Wow. I think we all needed to hear that. Yeah, I was about to say, I think our listeners are going to be like, thank you. Thank you, Pam. How could you be where you want to be without tripping all the time? You have to trip. Yeah. And then you have to have a network around you to help lift you back up. That's key. It is. Yeah. A lot of times, even with our friends, when we have moments where we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do if this happens? What if, what if, what if? And we all try and remind each other, you know, all of those what ifs, we don't have the answer yet, but no matter what the result ends up being, you're going to be okay and you're going to figure it out and we will be there to support you. And yeah, it's a lot. I think there's a lot of pressure at this time, but we kind of, to circle back to what we were talking about before, you believe that changing your mindset changes your reality. So can you expand a little bit on this theory? And we, we really talk a lot about shifting our beliefs and shifting our mindset on this podcast. So hearing about it from an expert is just what we need. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I think it happened just, we could see it happened with atomic, um, what is it, atomic beliefs? Atomic habits. Like we we just manifested that little thing. I put it, my son put it out there. It came back to me. I went for it and it happened. It could have showed up somewhere else. I could have gone to the store and seen it there right in front yeah. of me. It happened here. And that's like when you start focusing on something, it expands. And that's what you bring into your reality, into your consciousness. But you mentioned beliefs. And the thing is, we've been brought up on a belief system. Yours are different than mine and yours are different from each other. And you may have things in common, which has brought you together, but they're all different, but they're all belief systems that have been put into us without our permission for the most part. Mm -hmm. So we might have chosen a few things. Here are a few values I have. Here are a few things that I feel strongly about. But then if you go deeper, there are so many that if you actually question them, wait, do I believe it's really important to go out on Saturday nights when I hate, I'm an introvert and I hate going out. I don't really like to do that, but I still do it. Or do I believe I need to get the new Apple watch instead of saving my money? Mm -hmm. And start to really ask yourself those questions about your belief system. And that's not really what we mean about belief system. That was a little more shallow. But like when you start to look at your belief system and not take it at face value, not take it as just because it's there, that's what it is. And then you start to write down, what is my belief system? What do I like? And maybe this was my belief system 10 years ago and it wasn't just ingrained in me, but it's not my belief system anymore. And then when you start to write down or think about or learn what your belief system is, you can start bringing that into your reality by focusing on it, by noticing, okay, so I'm just going to use the example of going out, even though it's kind of like a basic one. (laughs) No, You go out and you're like, wait, I'm not having fun. 
wait, why am I here? Wait, my friends pressured me or I feel like I won't fit in or everyone will leave me behind or I'll miss some FOMO, whatever it is. And then you're like, okay, I just noticed that. Noticing that first step of noticing, you might think it's no big deal. It's, it's the key. It's everything. And you don't even have to do anything with noticing. You can notice it and then do go out again and notice it again in a bunch more time. Then after you're like, okay, this is feeling weird. I don't really like this anymore. Then you talk about, okay, what are my alternatives? And you come up with other options for yourself or you just say no or you go to brunch with your friend or you do things one-on-one and you change your life because you start to be more in alignment and resonant with who you are. But we feel like we all are supposed to be the same. I never go out. And I, I stopped going out a long time ago and it means my circle so much smaller. But it's okay because it's richer and it's actually okay because it's who it's it, it fits who I am. But I think especially at your age, there's so much pressure, not just external pressure, but pressure you guys put on yourself and you really should let go of it and enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. And of course, these moments are, are different because of everything going on with the coronavirus. Like there are less options and less pressure. I've actually had, Julia and I have some friends that were saying, I kind of feel less pressure in that aspect because there aren't as many options available. And I think that we start to believe that if we don't have that natural desire to want to go out and to want to, whether it's drink or do whatever and and be social, that something is wrong with us or with someone we love, um, that something is wrong because it's supposed to be different, you know? But it's kind of like what you're saying about that belief system. It's a false construct. It's something that we created as a society and now we all buy into it, but it doesn't even exist. And a lot of my clients, younger and my age or older, are all, a lot of them are anxious, right? right now during this time, but a lot of them are feeling free. They're yeah. feeling you no know, pressure to have to be social or do things they don't want to do. And what I hope is that they get to the point where they're comfortable when things go back, whatever they go back to, that they'll still be able to keep this and be okay. And if they lose some friends because of it, they'll meet new people. They're going to upgrade and they're going to meet new people at their level and what, who are interested in what they're doing. So don't be afraid to lose some people to gain some new people. And it doesn't mean that there's drama or you have to have this big fight about it. You could just kind of distance yourself. You could still see each other, but make a slow exit. It doesn't have to become this big thing at all. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because me and Brenda, actually like two conversations that have been like bubbling up a lot for us are those testing your beliefs and seeing like, oh, is this what was passed down to me? Do I really actually align with this? And also about it's okay to like let go of people if they're not, you know, serving a purpose in your life anymore. And it doesn't have to mean it's like a big thing and you hate them and it's a breakup. It's like, it's just part of growing up, I guess. And when you get more aligned with your beliefs, that kind of starts to open up for you of like who you want to surround yourself with and who aligns with those beliefs too and who makes you feel good and who fulfills you and it's funny because those are the two conversations that we've been having a lot lately yeah it's not about growing up it's about growing Mm. Yep. Yeah. No where you are, it's more about you growing and growing. You start to grow your your consciousness expands. So you're just seeing life differently than the other people, and it's not really a, that you two are focusing on those things in that conversation, and it's happening here again yeah. because our thoughts create a reality. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's so true. Definitely. I love that. I also wanted to know, because we kind of mentioned it before, like how does that theory translate to like the way we speak to ourselves? So like changing your mindset, I guess, on like how we have our mindset about ourselves. I, that, I know that's not eloquent, but you know what I'm saying? It's our limiting beliefs or how we see ourselves, or maybe yeah. it's not our limiting 
groups. Maybe you found your leader within, or maybe you're sort of like, you guys are probably not all negative or limiting beliefs. And maybe you're not yet where, oh my gosh, I'm hundred percent confident or 90%, but you're somewhere in the middle, which mm. kind of means, okay, you're tapping into that leader, that higher self inside of you. And the sooner you let go of your lower self, we all have lower selves and higher selves, the quicker you'll elevate to the higher self. But to answer your question, so like, you have to start noticing your thoughts. I'm going to keep going back to that. It's consciousness, it's self-awareness. When you do, here are some tips. So first of all, every morning when you wake up, do some affirmations. And if you feel like, okay, I'd say this on all like the speaking things I go to, people like usually um, leave me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so motivated. I'm going to go do this. And then they go to bed and they forget. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is put some sticky pads around to remind yourself or sticky notes or put some alarms in your calendar when you wake up so that, and you have the three things you say, I am beautiful, I'm smart and I'm, I am love or I am happy or whatever it is for you. The other thing is if you think you're going to forget the night before, this is what I did for my kids growing up all the time. I got a dry erase marker and I um, went on their bed bathroom mirror and wrote things like, I am smart. I am love. I am happy. I am confident. I am this, I am that. And when they woke up to go brush their teeth, they look in the mirror and it says all these, I am things. And that starts to infiltrate into your brain the same way the negative things will. And mm-hmm. why not have the positive things versus the negative things? And so that's another thing. Journaling is great. I'm taking care of your body because it. when we put like Doritos or Chick-fil-A, which there's a time and place for, and you guys can definitely <laughs> have that. <laughs> but you also want to have the good stuff because mm-hmm. it's not about how we look. It's about how we feel and yeah. we feel better about ourselves and our thoughts. And it takes just as much time to be negative as it does mm-hmm. to be positive, but negativity is draining. Yeah. And what would you say? Because I, I agree. I love affirmations. And right now, you know, those feel good to me. They feel right for me. They work. How would what would you recommend for someone who's like really, really struggling with their self worth with their I hope I'm making sense more so like I feel like when you're in the lowest of low moments, it's like you don't believe any of them. Yeah. So I mean, there are a few things. One, I would say, and you might say they can't do this either, but what are you grateful for? To me, waking up every morning is great, grateful. So maybe someone needs to say, just say you're grateful. It is like find three things or um, an audible book or a book or a passage or something on Instagram and listen to it. Listen to it while you're brushing your teeth. Listen to it in the morning. The other thing is check your social media feed. Mm. I'm sure a lot of you guys are on Snapchat and TikTok, but I can say for sure for Instagram, Check your feed, create a vision board. So if all your posts are of all your friends doing these amazing things, mute them. Mm. They don't need to feel like you're not following them. No big fight, mute them. Follow things that are going to feed your soul. It doesn't need to be the same things that I follow. It's what works for you. What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy? If you love makeup, follow makeup stuff. If you love learning about leadership, follow leadership. If you're spiritual, follow spiritual. And I added makeup in because you don't want to take away the thing the person loves. So if that's their passion, but you could get some great quotes about that. And it doesn't have to be makeup because I want to always look good and I'm superficial, but because it makes me feel good. So I would definitely make your um, social media feed your vision board. I love love that yeah and we've talked we we talk about it's just it's just so crazy how these conversations align so much with everything that we believe we're we're on the right path julia we just are the right path for (laughs) us Um, and i and i love what you said before just to briefly circle back to that is i was listening to something the other day and it said something along the lines of the more we start to show up 
authentically as ourselves, as the person we want to be, as the person that acts as our highest selves, the more of that type of person will actually start to attract. And that rang so true to me because as both being very much recovering people pleasers, um, it's hard to feel like you're disappointing someone, you know, and, and all these different things. But at the end of the day, I feel like the the more that we do show up as our as ourselves and who we want to be, those are the type of people that end up surrounding us. Absolutely. And just remember, not that you want it, we, we want to go here, but when you worry about disappointing other people by saying no or not doing what they want, just remember you're also, you say yes, disappointing someone else and it's yourself mm-hmm. and you're just as important as that other person. So it's more a choice of who am I going to disappoint and why would you ever choose someone else over yourself? Yeah. So you got to always put yourself first, not because it's selfish, but because it's self-love. And if you're not full, you're going to be doing everything with resentment anyway. Yeah. But I didn't mean to go into your... No. No, no it's okay. Go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we already trust you. Yeah, Pam, we are on the ride with you. <laughs> yes. Oh, it. It's going to be fun. I'm so glad you gave some, some amazing tips. And I'm going to start doing the sticky notes because, like, I'm bad at that. I need to do the sticky note thing. And so I'm going to. Have your friend, like, you two or anyone, but your friends... Just like my cousin and I, every single morning for a long time now, I send 10 things I'm grateful for. She sends me 10 things. It's like an accountability partner. Yeah. And every morning at 8 o'clock, we have that to each other. Sometimes she forgets, so I do it first. Sometimes I forget she does it first. And so you could do that too with the IMs. You can send a friend three things if you don't want to do the sticky notes, and she'll send it back to you. I love that. I love that. We like have accountability partners for working out our bodies. Why don't we have accountability partners for working out our minds? I love yes. that. I'm going to think Wow. Yeah, right? Yes, Julia. Yeah, we talk all day, every day anyway. We might as well throw in some <laughs> some self-development. In. Exactly. We might as well. And obviously, me and Brenna are pretty on board with all this stuff. But I feel like I hear people all the time being like, well, like, that's not going to work for me. Or like, you know, affirmations, that's BS or whatever. Which I don't believe. But I know that there are a lot of people that believe that. What advice do you have for that person? Where's the first place for that person to start? Well, I think that, first of all, that person has to be open. If they're not open, there's nothing you can do. That doesn't mean they won't become open. You could still talk about it. And, you know, what I would say, what I usually say is, how do you know? They'll be like, oh, I tried it for a day. Okay, you tried it for a day. Well, it didn't work for me for a day either. What if you try it for one month and then tell me how it is for you? And if they come back in one month and it's still not working, they're not ready. Everyone's in a different place Mm -hmm. on their There was a time that I wasn't ready. So you have to honor where they are and you have to not try to bring them somewhere they're not ready. So maybe it's not the affirmations, but you know what? Maybe it's like when you go out, you bring them a nice little book or like just you write them a personal note and say something nice to them or put something in their pocketbook or whatever. I don't know what it is, but just do something that'll start to come from love and that'll start to make them feel better. As Mm -hmm. they start to feel better, they'll be more open. So that's for one person who's totally not open. For the person that's open, you can give them a bunch of things and be like, okay, I get it. And it's some of this stuff does sound airy fairy. And I was where you were once too, which is true, but I'm not there anymore. So I want, I want to see if you can come here and if you don't like it here, you could go back to the other side. But so here are 10 things. You can't say all 10 won't work. Choose one. Tell me which one you're going to choose and I'll check in with you on it what one I love that yeah Yeah. me too and would you say that that first set of advice would be like Julia and I are very 
open to trying new things. We're very, even in moments when we're struggling, I feel like we've always been very aware and like reflective on ourselves. But I know many people in my life who live very passively and aren't very like emotionally in tune. Mm -hmm. So how would we go about, you know, breaking that barrier to, to get more emotional connection with people in our lives that aren't very open to that? Does that make sense? Yeah. So like you want to have conversations or you want to get a yeah. little... And they're not there. You have to meet them where they are and then throw in a little thing here or there. Like I meet a lot of people who aren't where I am and I, like, I'm so excited about where <laughs> I am that I want to like scream it and throw it on them. But I know that's going to turn them off, but I might just offer a few small suggestions that are non-threatening. It's not so much what you're saying. It's more your delivery, not yours, but one's delivery. We have to be really careful with our delivery. Like, so um, I have a friend that I do this with and I might be like, I totally hear what you're saying and I hear like the negative side of it, but you might want to try this. I don't know if you'd ever think about that or be open to it, but I know, you know, one time a friend tried it or I tried it and it actually worked. I was so surprised myself. Mm, That's yeah. like non-threatening. Right. Cause it's not like you have to do this. It's like, Hey, I heard about this thing. Like maybe you want to give it a shot. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I, I thought this sounded cool or yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. Definitely. It's, For sure. it's about language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think now that I'm reflecting on, not that I'm a combative person, but now that I reflect <laughs> on, all. like, not at all, but even, <laughs> even on, you know, moments when we can act out of emotion or fear, insecurity, whatever it may be, that no delivery, even accidental, that I've ever given that is even a little bit, like, I don't know, like, harsh or, or not, like, leading with love and understanding, it's not usually well-received. Yeah, how can it be? But the thing yeah, is, how can it be? You guys are pretty evolved, I can tell. But I think for a lot of people, they have trouble delivering from love because people are afraid of opening their heart. They're afraid of vulnerability. They're afraid of being rejected. So then you have two people like this because they're both on the defense. And like what I would say is I come to everyone with love and an open heart. And if they can't receive it, it's not a commentary on me. It's on where they're at. And I actually feel badly because I wish they could receive it. I wish they could hear it. And it's okay that they can't, but I'm not, it doesn't make me shrivel away or take it personally or anything like that. And I think that's one of the things that we have to one, watch our delivery and to not take anything personally or where they are and that's where they're acting out of so yeah they can yeah. definitely that's i'm still working on that one yeah. <laughs> that's something i've been thinking a lot about too really so yeah. it's all coming full circle yeah i feel like i'm bringing up a lot of books today but if you haven't read the four agreements yet that is one of of course you have <laughs> she's right <laughs> she's like i actually wrote that book i, I figured <laughs> but uh awesome yeah so that that's definitely one where i feel like a, a lot of people struggle it's hard not to internalize other people's reactions yeah well, be, well we're so egocentric that we think it's all about us yeah it isn't and it actually if you give someone the gift of giving them the space and letting them be where they are and you hang around and you don't shut down and you don't get defensive what comes over months weeks months and even a year you you let someone else blossom it's called holding space for someone else on their journey rather than getting triggered by it so if you start to be emotional i would look at what's causing that in you rather than looking at the other person yep <laughs> yep that's all the truth. <laughs> all the truth. I think it's exactly what me and Brennan needed to hear today. I was going to ask you if you heard of the book, The Five Love Languages. Yes. yes. We talk a lot about love languages romantic. too. <laughs> Amazing and knowing your friends' love languages, like you two knowing each other's, mm -hmm. is huge for your relationship, both working and personal. It's a great book. Yeah. And something that we kind of reflect on with the love language thing is as 
I, for, I forgot they they word it really well in in the actual book where they talk about it's like literally two people speaking a different language. Like if I'm speaking to you in in Italian and and you don't understand Italian, like how are we gonna connect? So it's it's just so well written, and we did a whole episode on love languages. What I think is really interesting about it is that we all think everyone else has our love language. And yes. Like, why didn't they get me a gift? I got them a gift. Them. <laughs> why didn't they get me one? But theirs is not birthday gifts. Theirs is acts of service or physical affection and you don't want physical affection but they don't know that and you're assumed like it's just so crazy but so cool it's so true and when we can understand that about people that we do love that are in our lives that we care about it just like creates this open open space for communication for respect i just think if we all took the time to give a little more attention to figure out other people's love languages and understand it's not personal they just talk a different way, feel a different way, then it's like, it's just going to open up so much opportunity for, like we said before, growth. And I think we're on the road there. I think it's going to be a long time, but I think we're further ahead than we were 10 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, 20. So those are the baby steps that we were talking about. We just have to yeah. be giving and it'll come back to our world. Yeah. So I want to talk about self-love. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> so... What does self-love mean to you? And what does that look like in your day-to-day? Like everything in my day-to-day, but I'll tell you specifically. But self-love is obviously loving yourself. It's um, more about, we can all say we love ourselves, but if we're loving ourselves, we're treating ourselves as we love ourselves. Mm. So we're doing the things that feed our soul, that nurture us, that fuel our gas tank. And when we do those things, the amazing thing about it is, okay, I'm going to use a gas tank for an example. If you're on empty or you're like they're just the red lights just coming on and you know you have x amount of miles and someone triggers you you're gonna like become really empty and just lose it if you're always on full if someone or even a little above full if that's possible (laughs) if someone triggers you you go to here not all the way down to empty and so it's really not going to bother you and then you just fill up again by going home and taking a bath or doing a face mask or playing poker with the guys or whatever it is and the higher you are the more self-love you have the easier it is to get through life because the obstacles don't throw you but when you're so empty because you're serving everyone else pleasing everyone else but you haven't built yourself up you haven't built your foundation you're barely going to have anything left and then that's when it's like we're so reactive and emotional and everything bothers us and why is this person doing this and so ways to practice self-love are to find out what feeds you we talked about not going out before some people are extroverts they have to go out. So they need to make sure, especially during quarantine or whatever has happening in your state, we're still in a state of a pandemic that you're getting social distancing or you're doing a Zoom thing with a bunch of your friends or whatever it is. It's really important because that feeds you. For me, I'm with people all the time from work that I need to make sure I have time alone to meditate. Like that's key. I can't do anything without that. I'm no good to anyone. My kids know that. So it's really getting to know what your thing is. And then also learning what your values are so you can live in alignment with your values. We may have values and not even realize what they are and then we can't live in alignment with them. But like self-love could be anything from reading to going out with friends to, like I said, the mask, to eating well, to drinking lots of water, meditating, journaling, gratitude, just sitting with friends, watching Netflix. Sometimes it's 
it's even having a, a tub or a pint of ice cream. Like sometimes it's actually indulging or taking a day and doing like the other day I did a, I binged on a Netflix marathon, little fires everywhere. So good. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Okay. So good. <laughs> the whole, I work all the time and I took the whole Saturday and I'm like on the couch and I'm like, what am I doing? And then I'm like, oh no, this is what I needed to do. Yeah. And it's okay to reset and it's okay to take care of yourself and you don't have to be a martyr and you don't have to do everything all the time. And when you do take care of yourself and feed yourself with self-love, you'll be able to do more than you were able to do before you did that. Oh, and I can't believe I take like 10 walks a day. Well, maybe not 10, but like, so I take Incredible. a walk. I exercise every day. I take a walk every morning and every evening. And then in the middle of my workday, I take a 15 minute walk or I'll go lie out on my lounge chair outside of my office. I get fresh air. I get sun every single day. And I find the walking because I do a hard workout too, but just one, but I find the walking is meditative. It's when I come up with some of my best work ideas. So it's so good for me to do that in between the workday. Yes. Not everyone uh, yeah. has that luxury, but what I can say is if you have a lot, uh, lunch hour, you can take 15 minutes and go sit in the parking lot and let the sun hit you. Even if it's cold, the fall, winter, we say we can't go outside because it's too cold out. Just bundle up. Like, yeah, yeah. on your face is so beautiful and it's so nice and it's good for your skin. Um, so anyway, those are my self-love. No, I, I love that. I, I think you covered like all of the bases and especially what you mentioned before with little fires everywhere. I think we have this idea that we need to have like endless capacity. And if we don't have endless capacity, then we're doing something wrong or something is wrong with us. And then it's like this shame spiral when we could be resting and, you know, recuperating and then actually enjoying what it is that we're doing, even if it's not the most productive thing on the planet or, you know, what we define as productive. Well, and I think um, also people get afraid that, okay, that's going to get so comfortable that I'm going to unpack mm-hmm. and live there. But the thing is after, even if you did it for a few days, cause you needed it so badly, you're going to get antsy. You're going to want to do something else. You're going to want to get up. So give it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're, we've progressed a lot in this area, but I think that there used to be this, and I mean, there still is for a lot of people, but there, this thought that, well, that's selfish. Like mm-hmm. you're taking so much time for you. How selfish. I, and I think, I think we've gotten past that a little bit, Yeah. but I, I know that I'm sure that there's people that still feel that way and don't allow themselves that space. I think yeah. it is, we've gotten better. And I also think it's also about how you're raised. So like what your family of origin is and then what their family of origin is. So what they're carrying over from the ancestors. So if you you have family from the depression, that that is brought, brought down to you. And so like if they're holding on and they're like, we constantly have to be in fight or flight mode, that's what you've learned. You have to unlearn that. And that's hard. And to unlearn it, you have to even be aware of it, which goes back to your question of what do you do with people who aren't even like aware? And that's hard. And it just starts with noticing. Being an observer of yourself. So like if you guys are such close friends and one of you is having a problem and the other one's going to support you, doing the same thing for yourself. Mm. You become your own best friend. Mm. Okay, well, what would I tell Julia? I would tell Julia this. So why am I telling myself I'm not I'm not good enough or I'm not this or I'm not that? I should be my own best advocate. I'll tell Julia that. Won't I why won't I tell myself that? I deserve that more than anyone. Yeah. And I love what you said before about like filling up your tank and with these conversations that we've been having with people and with each other about self-love and taking care of ourselves, it's become very apparent to me in the outside world when I walk around when I, and I could see people and I'm like, that person's tank is not full. Like that person's tank is not even near full. And once you start to really invest in that for yourself, you start to notice people around you and it's, it's eye-opening. 
It really is. It's eye opening. And the coolest thing is when you notice it and then you go and give them a little something like yeah. say, or um, just like say, Ooh, walk past them and say, Ooh, I like your shirt or mm. they're like, I, I find that I walk, I, they live in a kind of small town and I walk all the time and I'll smile at people and they're like, do I know her? Why she smile at me? And it takes people a minute and then they smile back and they're not used to it. They're not used to being nice to themselves Mm -hmm. and people being nice to them. They're on guard. So I love once I started noticing that, like playing a game with, okay, who am I going to give it to today? Who's going to get this? I love that. And um, it's fun. I love that. Yeah. It's a, it's like a fun game and like you're filling up your own tank and you're filling up other people's Exactly, because yeah. you're filling your tank too and you're opening your heart and putting yourself out there for whatever comes back. Yeah, definitely. I really love that. Me too. And, and I love what you said before about like, you're like, oh, well, I'm no good for anybody if I'm, you know, if I don't meditate. So I think we have this idea that we have to give, give, give. But the reality is if we don't give to ourselves, then we can't give our best self to others. And I really love what you do for your kids. And I know that, you know, in your 20s, we say all the time, people are on all different ends of the spectrum. Some people have kids, some people aren't even thinking about kids, some people are married, not, you know, whatever. But I think how beautiful to learn these tools ourselves now in our 20s and, and, you know, just continue working forward and up leveling and digging deep and aligning more with our highest selves each day, you know, it saves us some, some extra work in the future of unlearning. Um, but then also to, to be in such a great place for when and if we do choose to have kids of our own in, in ways that we can help them to grow up in that way of treating themselves with kindness. So that, that I just love that you do that. The more you heal yourself right now, if you don't have kids, the better for your kids also yeah. the you and your relationship with your kids. And if you have kids, there's no time like the present. I healed yeah. with my kids. I grew up with my kids. I got divorced when my kids were really young. Mm-hmm. I had all my kids by the time I was 29. And so I like grew up with them. And I still can't believe I have like three that are going to be leaving the house soon. Yeah. Um, but so it's not never too late to heal. If they're gone and you've already raised them, there's a great time too. But you're absolutely right. In your 20s, it's prime time. And you could have kids in your, when I was growing up, we were like, we were told you have your kids in your 20s. You, you know, you don't, it doesn't matter. I could have, a, I, I want another kid. Like, so you can have a kid whenever, as long as you can have the kid, but you can adopt yeah. options. So like, just do you, do your yeah. life out what it is you want and if you think you want a kid and I, I know I've veered off onto this <laughs> ask off it's if it's because like you've been taught that you should want a kid mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. you'll be built up or it'll, it'll validate you or yeah. whatever talk to yourself about that first Definitely. And we have to highlight that you just said (laughs) that our 20s are known as the eight, as we believe the time we should be doing, but it's really the time we should be healing and learning and unlearning. And And it doesn't matter what you went through. We all have to heal because like you could have had like the most charmed life and you may not have gone through like the adversity that I went through, but there's still things to be undone. There are wounds that have happened to you, even if they weren't toxic or tragic or traumatic, we've all been through something. And the sooner you look at them, so people like avoid that they don't want to feel it because the pain feels like it's going to be too intense but the pain of not going through it is like this dull low level life because you can't live your authentic self because the only way out is through and if you're not willing to face the stuff you can't get to the other side Mm -hmm. so it's really important to get there and look at it yeah and i love that you brought that up because sometimes we can get so comfortable in our pain or in our our trauma or in you know the way like being passive of the way that our life 
is and we can get so comfortable in that that it seems like almost more uncomfortable to be happy and to be full and to love ourselves and it's yeah and I think people are often like, I don't deserve that. They don't say it out loud, mm. but they don't feel like they deserve it. All the people you look up to, all the authors of the books you just said, or all the people that your viewers look up to, they were you one day. Yeah. They were you, they were me. And now they're them because they saw something better for themselves and they were, it's not easy work. I'm not saying, oh yeah, like getting to the other side is like easy, it's a cakewalk, but basically neither is living in an unawakened state, just a different choice. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So being that you've given us so much, who is your ideal client? So what can people expect from working with you? So my ideal client is anyone who's open and wants to have a better life for themselves. Anyone who's coachable. It's hard to work with people who aren't coachable. It's not that I don't do it. And I totally do. But like I said before, if they're not there yet, why am I pushing them somewhere they're not ready to be? I'll, I'll be waiting when they are. But my job is to evoke transformation, not to like push it on them or impose it on them. And it's only resistance isn't going to bring them where they want to go. So someone who's open, coachable, and wants a better life for themselves. I love that. And and how do you work with your clients? Can you give us just like a little insight into what someone might expect when yeah, if so they're interested? I have different kinds of clients. I have one-on-ones, and then I have group programs. I have webinar because of the pandemic and everything. I used to do groups, but now it's all on yeah. a webinar or Zoom. Um, and it's really about, I'm not coaching to problem solve for you. If you want a consultant, you can call me and I'll give you all my ideas because I love sharing my tips <laughs> and my ideas, as you can tell. But my coaching is more about getting you to see the things for yourself. So again, going back to evoking transformation. So I try to ask powerful questions like, why is that important to you? What does that mean for you? And they're open-ended questions that people get to then explore within themselves what's going on for them in a safe space while I'm there kind of guiding and supporting yeah. them. But I don't want to be directing them, even right. though I feel like I could be really good at that. <laughs> you would be. You would be. But, I, but the thing is, I'd be directing them as to my opinions. Right. And I want them to figure out what theirs are. Yeah, really cool. And Pam is also providing us with her incredible podcast. Tell us about the podcast. I love my podcast. It's called The Juice. You can follow me on Instagram. It's the bio, the link is in the bio. And, and a lot of my followers are happen to actually be your age. Um, <laughs> so basically, I sit down with cutting edge business owners and unique, interesting and inspiring individuals to learn, laugh and grow. And what we do is like, I had Jay Sean on. You guys remember Jay Sean, right? He's staying down. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, so Jay Sean's been through a lot. So he talked, you know, he, he, he's Indian. He grew up in India. You are on a totally different track. You do not become a pop singer. Yeah. So he talked about his struggles to get there, to talk with his family, and now his wellness journey. We had Clint Malarchuk, who is a well-known hockey player, and he had the worst injury in sports Ooh. history. And basically he was in the goal and someone eight slices neck cut his carotid artery he almost died on the ice oh my god but then he had he was really depressed and he tried to commit suicide he shot himself he got through that too and that's his whole story but then i have david Meltzer. who i don't know if you guys know yeah. he was on it also and he's all about what i'm about like making mm-hmm. people happy, inspiring them, motivating them, how he got to where he was, the challenges and failures he had to get there. So it's all kinds of people like that. And then I have people like me and you and not as known. And it's really fun. And it um, goes on Instagram. It's a video. And then it also goes on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify. And um, yeah, so that's really fun. And then the book's coming out and then the motivational speaking. Yeah. What's the book going to be? 
So the book is basically my life story. Very exciting. Um, no, it's my life, but really, like I said, I did go through a lot in my life. And every chapter at the end has a little section where I focus on what did I get out of that part of my, that chapter of my mm. life? So was it gratitude? So I talk about how I was able to find gratitude in a deep, dark hole, and then tips and techniques for you to find gratitude in the hole you're in, whatever that hole is. Forgiveness, self-love, coming from contribution, all different things, and talking about how each thing can help heal you. Healing would be one also. So yeah, it's coming out this fall. Yay! Very cool. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's, it focuses on how every moment kind of served a purpose Absolutely. in your life. Like one, one of the things, topics is in listening to your inner voice. Even when mm. you're at the darkest, darkest place, you're quiet for a little while, you'll hear the whisper. You may not trust it and you may not go with it, but it's the first step to hearing that thing inside of yourself that will then you'll be able to build on that over time and that'll lead you in the right direction. So things like that. I love that. Wow. So Pam, you've shared a bunch of stuff with it. So if it's incorporated into this, that's totally cool. But um, do you have any daily practices, ritual, ritual? Right. Okay. Before I finish this with, I'm going to list a bunch of them. The thing is choose two or three to start with. You don't have to start with all 30 that I list. You could start with one, just get started with something. What I think we do is we start with a ton and we're like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And all of a sudden I'm going to have wheatgrass and apple cider vinegar, and I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to journal. Yep. Right. And then we're, now I do all of those things, but they've been slow and steady. And now that's what my day's made of. So what I do is when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is I'm like grateful to be alive. After losing my parents, even before that, but after losing them, like there's nothing more than life. Nothing else matters. We're here for a very short time. And it's such a beautiful place if we can look at it that way and not get caught up in everything. So gratitude, first thing. And if I don't know what I want, like if I can't come up with it the night before, I'll just write something down that I know I'll be able, I mean, I can always come up with it, but if you can't come up with it. So gratitude. And then um, I go meditate. Well, before I meditate, I do a headstand and a handstand, a headstand for like five minutes. And then Oh my God, incredible. And by the way, I hadn't done a handstand in so long and that was my quarantine goal. So <gasps> sit over yourself. Like I yeah. practiced every day. I kept falling. I couldn't get up and now I'm up and I'm loving it. And then I meditate. Love I meditate 20 minutes. And after I'm done meditating, I also express gratitude to my higher self. That's different than the first thing in the morning. When I'm going through a difficult time, I try to journal so I can get my thoughts out because a lot of people, a lot of your listeners, viewers probably don't express themselves as much as as, as much as it would be healthy for them to. They don't feel safe or comfortable. So writing in five minutes in a journal or I read a passage from a book, like right now I'm reading A Course in Miracles. So I, I, it's not like I have to read the whole book. I've been reading the book for months. I just read a page or two. Take it easy on yourself. It doesn't have to be this big thing. And then of course, I always, always have a lot of water, sometimes with lemon, apple cider vinegar, sometimes just plain, whatever I'm in the mood for. I always do my workout in the morning so that I know that I get it over with. I know it happens because if I wait till the end of the day, my tank's emptier. So it's just a non-negotiable for me no matter what, because as you can tell, it's 749 and I'm still like going and have a ton of energy. Imagine what I'd be like if I didn't burn it working out. And then um, at some point in the morning, I take a walk and then I work. And then usually, um, well, if my kids were in school by three o'clock, I try to end for a few hours and spend time with them, go to their activities. Um, and while they're home, I try to just kind of shut down for a bit, that give them a few hours, um, you know, the teenage years. And then sometimes I go back like I am now, they're hanging and doing their thing. And then sometimes I might just chill and take a bath or like I said, do a face mask or just like meet up with a friend or talk on the phone or something like that. And that's it. I love it. Oh, thank you for the specifics. I love a specific. Yeah, totally. 
I love it. People don't know what to do. So like giving them some ideas is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And like Pam said, start with one. You can't do it all right from the beginning. Yeah, just do one thing. I love that. Pam, you have been so, so incredible. Thank you for sharing so much of your knowledge with us. I mean, I know me and Brenna have taken so much from this, so I'm sure everybody else will too. Fine, it's a pleasure. But before we let you go, we just have two last questions for you. If you could tell your 20s-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Don't worry about what anyone else thinks, do you? Find you, find who you are. If you don't know who you are and you can't figure it out, just keep going. It'll happen. Don't give up on it. But just worry about yourself. Don't worry about what anyone thinks about you because chances are they're focused on themselves anyway and not on you, even though it feels like they are. Mm, that's, that's really good. Point. That's gold. <laughs> yeah. That at any age, because I feel like people are caught up in what everyone else thinks anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it takes away so much from actually living in the present and enjoying and realizing what it is that we want ourselves. It's like I always talk about like a lot of times my, I have a girl and so I have a lot of girls at my house a lot of the time and they're like, what will they think of the dress I'm wearing when we go to this party? And I'm like, they won't. They're so focused on what they're wearing and what right. Not what they're looking like. Yes. So true. Exactly. And maybe, maybe, will they think about it maybe for one fleeting second? Sure. But it's going to be one fleeting second. And then the whole rest of the time, they're busy thinking about themselves. It's better that you look, the more they're going to think you don't look good because God forbid they actually are at a place where they can say she's beautiful, Mm. which you are and you are but at that age and I think in your stage too it's really hard for people to say I'm confident enough to say that you guys are beautiful too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah really good advice it's, it is and our final question Pam is where can people find you so whether it's social media your website if they want to work with you and if there are any projects besides the podcast and book that you wanted to plug so, no, the podcast and the book, book are probably um, the biggest ones right now. I have a few things that are in the works, but they're still in their infancy. So we'll wait till next time. Um, and um, you can find me on Instagram or my website. Instagram is at Pam Christian, but there's an extra N at the end of my name, Christian with two N's. And my Instagram is really filled. I don't do a lot of me. I mean, I do videos, self-help, self-development, growth stuff we just talked about, but I do a lot of quotes. So if you are looking for that vision board for yourself, it's a good one to follow and it's not just because it's mine. I mean, Very I get really fun. And then um, if you want to go on my website, it's thepamchristiangroup.com and you can fill out an inquiry and really I respond to everything on my website within 24 hours and I get a lot of DMs. So I would say 48 hours for Instagram, but I will get back to you. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Pam. You're Thank incredible. You, so you guys are amazing. I wish in my 20s I was doing something like this. I think it's incredible what you're giving back to the world and what you're doing for yourselves you guys should be so proud of yourselves oh my god wow thank you you so much (laughs) i'm just gonna go cry now yeah i'm gonna go cry now (laughs) pam thank Thank you you. we can't thank you enough take care you too goodbye everybody bye everyone thanks for listening to roaring 20s podcast be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe you're never alone our pride sticks together Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.